Welcome to the American Nomad Podcast, hosted by the legend himself, or as I refer to him, the legend in his own mind, Rav Holly. American Nomad Rav Holly. I am the American Nomad Rav Holly. Welcome to the Friday show. Uh, we had a lot of technical difficulties last uh, last stream. Let's hope uh, this one's doing a little bit better. Uh, did anybody catch the new intro there? I got a new uh, intro designed. Hey Matilda, what are you doing girl? Good to see ya. So good to see ya. Uh, I having some uh, issues with a camera but hopefully we got it working tonight hopefully the sounds okay and we don't have that buzzing noise that we had last uh wednesday how's the sound matilda can you hear me okay anyway uh if you didn't uh, see the title of this uh this vodcast uh Oh, you like the new intro? Awesome, Matilda. I spent a, it's so funny because that thing is, uh, it's not very extravagant, but it, I designed that whole thing myself and it took me forever. I was up all night the other night doing it. Uh, and the funny thing about it is while I was working in my office, they were breaking into my truck in the parking lot. Hey, Joe Eldorado, what's going on, buddy? Good to see you. Anyway, so uh, here Wednesday, if you were, I mean, uh, yeah, if you were here on the Wednesday show, you saw that my A camera locked up for some reason. So uh, we're going to get ready to switch to A camera and get this show started and see if, uh, see if we have the same difficulties tonight. If we do, then I know it's going to be my, uh, uh, there's a little piece of equipment that you got to plug into so your uh, camera works. So it may be that little piece of equipment that's going out on me. Anyway, uh, without further ado, Let's get this show started. What do you say? If you're not subscribed to the channel, please hit that subscribe button and don't forget to hit the like button if you uh, enjoy the stream. Really appreciate it. It helps, us, it helps us in the YouTube algorithm. Well, look at there. We got an A camera so far. Everybody see Kim Kardashian crying there? That was... That, that's how I've felt on the inside. I've been crying on the inside since they broke into my truck. Let's see if we can get a camera to focus. There we go. Yeah, uh, Matilda, it's a bummer. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's something that I just... Uh, I felt like it's been coming for a while. I was hoping, you know, you always hope that it, it won't, but, uh, you know, I've just, I'd been lucky. I'd been really lucky because when I was uh, at my previous job over in like the absolute worst part of LA, uh, I didn't, uh, you know, I never got broken into. A couple of times they attempted to break in, but uh, they never got in because I was in the truck. <laughs> Uh, but over here, a lot of times I'm either playing Call of Duty all night in my office or I'm, uh, which this time I was being productive. I was up working all night, uh, working on some stuff for the stream. The new, uh, if you saw the new, uh, 
the new intro that I did. So I'm going to start doing videos again. So I needed a new intro because the only intro I have is the old one that I had designed like six years ago. That's just for ravholly.com. So I needed a new intro for American Nomad if I wanted to do videos for American Nomad. So I'd been looking. So the last intro I had done, I hired somebody to do it. Uh, and I don't really have the money this time to, to do that kind of stuff. So I had to kind of figure it out on my own. Luckily, they've made new software that you can kind of just uh, design your own intro and then you just pay a one-time fee and download it. So it gives you like this drag and drop stuff. So it actually worked out. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not super fancy, but you know, with YouTube nowadays, you don't really need a super fancy uh, intro. Back in like five, six years ago, they wanted, you know, everybody's intro was like, you know, 30 seconds long. Now your intro needs to be like, five seconds long, 10 seconds. Matilda says, oh, sorry about the truck, Burgerly. Uh, I think someone was going to break into my van yesterday. I was inside. Are you in North Dakota? It says ND. Uh, and someone knocked on the hood like four times, I think. Yeah, that's a, so Matilda, for you guys that are van lifers, that is how thieves do it. They will knock on your vehicle to see if anybody stirs around because if you move inside your vehicle they can hear you i've learned this myself so uh, even in bertha i've had them uh, do this so that what they'll do is they'll just knock on your vehicle uh, to see if anybody stirs around in it uh, looks like my camera's uh, on one screen my camera's in focus and on another screen it's out of focus and i'm not centered so kind of weird uh, oh, I know what's going on. I have my chat completely in the wrong spot tonight. Let me get situated here. I'm a little discompobulated. Um, let's see if we can get everything working properly. There we go. Uh, <coughs> Janice, I will watch the replay. Too many things on here. Okay, Janelle. I mean, Janice, no problem. Uh... But yeah, so that's what they'll do uh, if somebody's contemplating breaking into your rig. What they will do is they will literally just knock on your rig and see if they, you know, if it startles anybody. Uh, and that way they know somebody, they feel like they know somebody's in there. So you'll definitely get that. Uh, Matilda goes, I keep getting cut off. I looked out and there was a guy looking at my van as he walked by looking back. Yep. So the thieves are out right now, man. It's not a good time to be like in these, uh, you know, it's around Christmas time. So it's not a good time to be around these metropolitan areas. If you can, if you can actually get out of these metropolitan areas, that would be the best thing to do. But uh, unfortunately, I'm kind of stuck here uh, in Southern California at the moment. Really, uh, it really built a fire in me to uh, really start looking uh, at other places uh, and believe it or not, uh, I was on the internet at five, six o'clock this morning looking at places in Wichita, Kansas. Very cheap in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, but, you know, I, with having a snap-on truck, I mean, that's one reason it's kind of lost its luster for me is because it's such a target uh, and that's what kind of ruined my fun with the truck uh, when I first got it. 
you know, if you, if you remember, if for those of you that's been watching my channel for a long time, I think Matilda, you have, uh, you know that I used to do like van life vlogs and do all of this stuff when I was in my old B plus camper Bertha. And I'd planned on doing all those kind of same things with the snap on truck. Uh, but I got so beaten down immediately by every time I posted a vlog or every time I posted anything on social media, it was inundated with the first few comments of, oh, you're an idiot for buying a snap-on truck. You're going to get broken into. They're going to rob you. Uh, you're going to get broken into every day. I mean, it was just comment after comment. So it just got to the point where I was just like, you know what? Don't need to put the snap-on truck on social media. So if you even go to my... Uh, if you go to my uh, American Nomad uh, Instagram account, uh, I haven't posted anything on there since I left RTR in like uh, January of last year. <clears throat> so that's another reason I'm looking at getting out of the Snap-on truck. I mean, I love the, you know, everybody's like, a, well, just wrap it. You know, when I first got it, everybody's like, well, what color are you going to wrap it? Where are you going to wrap it? I didn't clean up my background today and it's driving me nuts. Sorry about that, guys. Um, my desk over there, I was working and I left my stuff there. Uh, I was, you know, but the thing about it is, is I love it being a snap-on truck. I bought it because I wanted a snap-on truck. So wrapping it doesn't do anything for me. You know, I mean, my but I have a buddy of mine, Wade, who has the exact same truck that I do, but he wrapped his blue with like his company information and his company logos and stuff. So it's a beautiful wrap. But it just ruins the truck for me. I mean, but his truck was a Mac Tools truck. His wasn't a Snap-on. It's literally the exact same truck I have. It, his truck was originally a Snap-on Tools truck. And then the Snap-on guy sold it to a Mac Tool truck guy. So the Mac Tools truck guy wrapped it in the Mac Tools. Uh, and the Mac Tools is like red and yellow. And it's not near as cool as the Snap-on. With like my truck, it's got like American flag and the eagle on the back of it. And... You know, it's got all this cool stuff that I like, uh, and I like the fact that, you know, Snap-on tools are American-made tools, you know, so it all kind of fit my little, uh, uh, my branding for American Nomad, if that makes sense. So I like it being a Snap-on truck, but uh, I'm just, uh, you know, the problem is, is I wasn't really worried about people breaking into it when I initially got it, but because people kept after me and kept saying it and those comments kept coming in, I started worrying about it. And if you believe in like, uh, uh, like if you believe in like, uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, what you think about, you bring about. So when you start worrying about something going to happen, eventually it's going to happen. And it was funny because just the Wednesday podcast, I believe I said on that podcast, I'd have to go back and watch it, but I actually believe I said like, oh, you know, I have both of my trucks. I have Bertha and the Snap-on truck. They're parked right here in the parking lot and they're both safe and everything's good because I'm over here in Orange County. I'm not in the ghetto anymore, so I don't even worry about anything. And sure enough, that exact night after I said that, my truck got broken into. And the thing that uh, stung the most is, uh, you know, I have a lot of bad, bad luck. I've had, you know, my luck goes in two ways. I tell people this. Even when I start dating a girl, I will tell her this. My luck goes in two ways. And uh, I will hit a spurt of luck for a few years that were my, where everything is just absolutely incredible. Like uh, flying around the world, you know, flying to Europe uh, with, you uh, you know, not to be a name dropper, but with like Oliver Stone and all of the cast of Savages that I did in 2012. 
you know, that's not something that everybody gets to do. And for some reason, the universe worked that out for me where I got to do it, uh, where I, you know, I flew all over the world uh, for over a month, making over $500 a day uh, working for promoting the movie Savages that was directed by Oliver Stone. Didn't take one com- one commercial flight except when I flew from here to Paris. And I've mentioned this, I've talked about it before, but you know, that's the kind of things that, that I look at as my good luck years. Was 2012 was my best year in years. But I think I had so much good luck in that year that it's just wiped me out for maybe the next decade because my luck is just, ever since 2012, my luck has just nosedived. Like I had to close my studio two years after that in 2014. When 2012, I had a banner year as far as money. Uh, and then two years later in 2014, I couldn't afford uh $1,700 a month for my rent anymore. And I had to get out of that studio. And I had had a studio in a storefront at one time because they were combined. So I was paying $1,700 for the, for the back warehouse and I was paying uh, $1,200 for the front storefront. Uh, and then I had to let the storefront go, which had my gallery in it with all of my work showcased. I had to let that go because I couldn't afford it anymore. And then I just had the warehouse. Uh, and so, yeah, the laws of attraction, at, uh, Matilda, thank you. It all, come, it all comes from The Secret, which is a book that I've read. And, you know, I, I love that. And, you know, like Joe Rogan and people, uh, I've said it before, they make fun of it and stuff. But, you know, can, it, for me, it's just uh, it puts me more in a positive mental state. Does that make sense? Because, uh, you know, if you watched my Wednesday podcast, I know uh, Freedom Dove and some of you guys were in here. I, I, I can tend to fall off on a negative, a negativity, you know, like a funk. So for me, having that... Uh, Having that positive thinking uh, with a law of attraction, it helps turn my thinking around, if that makes sense. Because uh, I can tell you, like, usually, like, I would have been devastated by my truck getting broken into. But now, uh, me letting go of my personal possessions, uh, it, you know, I just take it as, you know, it's it's a bummer. It, it like, hurts you internally, but you just kind of like, well, it's just stuff. You know what I mean? But here's where my bad luck sets in. So I haven't shot anything as far as a photographer in over a year uh, since I was working uh, at my last job uh, for SVO collections or SVO enterprises with uh, Serena. I shot all of the stuff for her, um, all of her uh, new leggings line and, and uh, we built the website with all the photos that I shot and, um, and so I have, when I had my studio, I invested a, in 2012, I when I had the money, when I was making really good money in 2011, actually, when I was making really good money, I really invested heavily in these very expensive uh, studio lights. Uh, they were $1,000 a piece, and 800, no, they're like $889 a piece, and I bought four of them. Uh, so, well, actually, there's two that are a thousand, and I think the twelve fifties are maybe six or seven hundred. I'd have to look. Uh, but anyway, I uh, I bought these studio lights, and uh, they've been in my storage right around the corner. You know, locked up in my storage unit. That's all of it's like Fort Knox over there, my storage unit. And they were in this big, huge, expensive Pelican case. That and I've flown these lights. They've they've flown to Florida. I've had them shipped to Florida. Uh, when I did a music video over there and some uh, photography over there, I've shipped them all over in this big Pelican case. Uh, but they're very, very expensive lights. They're called photogenics. 
and uh, super expensive, very photogenic uh, 1250 DRs and 2500 DRs. And so, uh, you know what? You guys bear with me because when I was working the other night when my truck got broken into, I was working to get this podcast to the next level. Uh, this vodcast where I can have a guest on here. So I'm going to start having inviting guests on here. I wanted to have Paul Barger on the, uh, the bread trucker as a surprise guest for Monday because Monday is my birthday. I don't know if it's going to happen. I wanted him to come on tonight, but he had some uh, prior engagement going on. He just went viral on TikTok. I was talking to him earlier today. I'm kind of all over the place. I apologize uh, today. Uh, but I was talking to him on uh, this morning because he's redid his, he's done a bunch of stuff to his truck. It looks really awesome. If you're a fan of the bread trucker and you follow his Instagram, go check out his Instagram because he's put like the old decals back on his bread truck, his step van. It looks incredible. He's put all of his, he put a big bread trucker logo on there uh, breadtrucker.com and just his he's really his his step van is just he's doing such a wonderful thing with his step van but um anyway so let me um l- let me do this so when i was working the other night i was working on trying to take this podcast where i could have guests on well this platform that i'm using right now uh for streaming software is called obs studio and you can do have a guest in obs studio but it's very, very, very complicated. OBS Studio in itself is not an easy software to learn. It takes a lot to figure it out. Uh, it's, and I'm, I figured it out and I'm still learning stuff every day because it's so complicated. But I tried to uh, do some research the other night and figure out like how can I uh, live stream uh, and have a guest on with OBS Studio. And I finally went through all the YouTube videos trying to figure it out. And finally, I realized like, you know what, it's not even it's not worth to do it in OBS studio. Let me start looking at if there's any easier solutions. And I actually found, uh, I actually found another solution and it's called StreamYard. And another one of my nomad buddies, uh, random, uh, not random nomad, but, uh, Oh, uh, nomad. God, what does he call himself? I can't think of his name right now. All right. Give him a shout out. Nomad. Unbroken, Nomad Unbroken. He's got a YouTube channel and he actually just streams on his phone uh, or a laptop. And he uses, he, I've always seen he was use StreamYard because up in the corner of his, uh, up in the very corner of his video on this side would be like a StreamYard logo. Well, I don't like the logo on there that drives me nuts when they brand stuff. Uh, but I actually went to StreamYard because I did some uh, research and it said like StreamYard is like probably the easiest solution to be able to have a guest and stream it. It's very easy to stream like on, uh, you know, with Zoom or whatever, but s- streaming and then being able to stream. Uh, or, you know, doing a, a, vo- a video ca- cast where you see it. So me embedding it into this live stream in OBS is very complicated. It can be done, but OBS doesn't have a, they don't have anything made where you can just do it. You got to really set up some very intricate things. The video is not hard, but the sound is very hard because what will happen is you'll get this looping sounding, you know, like when they start talking, there'll be this echo because there's two different audios or three different audio sets. So it's, it can be super complicated. Hey, Freedom Dove. Good to see you, girl. I just mentioned, uh, just mentioned your name, uh, two seconds ago. But anyway, so I found this, um, StreamYard software. Now, when I do, if I have a guest on, the programming, uh, the programming will be different. 
It won't be the same because I can't set up StreamYard where I can have my countdown screen that I have now and my uh, intro and all of that stuff because this is all in, I've set all of this stuff up, stuff up in OBS. So if I use StreamYard, basically it's just going to be uh, a guest coming on uh, via their computer. Does that make sense? Since I can't have guests on in the studio right now because of the pandemic, everybody's scared to come in. Uh, Freedom Dove says, what happened? Did you have a break-in on the Snap-on truck? Yes, they finally got me, Freedom Dove. But what I did want to say is it took them over two years, and my Snap-on truck sat in the worst part of Los Angeles for over two years without actually anybody actually breaking into it and getting into it. But they actually got into it here uh, the other night. And I know it was probably a homeless person that was digging in the dumpster. Unfortunately, our dumpster for the office building is right by where my truck is parked. It's the only place I can park my truck in the dumpster. And so all the time I'll go out like at two or three o'clock in the morning to let my dog use the restroom and uh, there'll be homeless people digging in the dumpster. And what they did was there was a little, there was like a half a pallet uh, by the dumpster and they took the half a pallet, leaned it up against a truck because my window is up so high. You can't just like reach into the window. It's way up there. It's like you know, four and a half, five foot off the ground. So they took a pallet, this little pallet, leaned it up against a truck, crawled up on the pallet, knocked the window out, reached in and, and got the door open. And so what they took was, uh, what I was saying is my, uh, I was going to show you my, so let I set this stuff up. Let's see if it'll work. Uh, because I watch like other podcasters, uh, vodcasters like Tim Pool, and he's always like looking stuff up. And when he looks stuff up, he shows it on his screen. I'm like, how does he do that? So that was another thing that I learned the other night. And I, you can do this in StreamYard. It's very easy to do in StreamYard. So I was like, well, if you can do it in StreamYard, I should be able to do it in OBS. So I started looking around and uh, trying to figure it out. And I spent, like I said, all night long figuring this out. So I'm going to test it live right now because I can't really test it. You can test it, but it doesn't, you know, you don't know if it's going to work. So we're going to try this. And uh, it should show me being able to get on the Internet here. Let's see. Oh, there we go. It shows my screen. And so that's everything I've got running right now, guys. You can see the... Uh, on. So I've got two screens here. This one's in front of me that, that I'm looking at, but then I have my other screen here to the side that's got all of my streaming stuff going. It's got uh, my uh, B camera software at the top, uh, Sparko Cam, and then in the middle it's got OBS running, and then at the very bottom I have uh, Audacity running recording the audio for the just the audio version of the podcast. But here's what we're going to test. So I should be able to click on Microsoft Edge here, and you guys should be able to see uh, if it works. Let's see if it works. You guys should be able to see my browser in the window beside, and I should be able to scroll. Let's see if it works. I've got a delay on the YouTube, so I'm watching the YouTube, so there's a delay there. And... Uh, Oh, I know what I was going to do. Yep, there it goes. How about that? It's working. So I was going to show you the lights that they stole. So anyway, I had a I had a photo shoot, or I had friends of mine that I love them to death. They're the ones that live very close to me, uh, Kim and Brent. I did I shot their wedding for them like five years ago, and uh, hey Lance Hale, good to see you, buddy. I shot their wedding for them like five years ago, and they. Um, 
Kim had asked me if I would do some Christmas pictures for them because they just wanted one picture for a Christmas card. So I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. So last Monday, uh, I went and did their Christmas pictures, but I had to go to my storage. I had to go to my storage and get my expensive lighting, my, my case with my four photogenic lights in it to have a strobe light for photography. So I went to my storage Monday, picked up the lights. I went over there. Was it Monday? No, it was Sunday. I'm sorry, it was Sunday. So I went Sunday, got my lights, went to Kim and Brent's house, uh, did the photos. And then I ended up, they talked me into staying the night because they have a beautiful house with a guest bedroom that I stay in. I watched their dog when they were out of town. It's the same friends. But anyway, I did their photos. And then on, uh, I, I stayed there Monday as well, which I didn't have a podcast because I was at their house because uh, they talked me into staying. And so I stayed there and we watched, Ben's watched uh, the boys on, uh, uh, they have Amazon Prime. But anyway, uh, so Tuesday I came back and on my way back to the office, I was going to drop by my storage and drop my case of lights back off in the storage, but I was going to grab something to eat and I noticed I didn't have my wallet. So I started freaking out. I pulled into like a parking lot and then I got out to go eat and I reached in my back pocket and I didn't have my wallet. So I'm like, oh my God, where's my wallet? Did I leave it at Kim and Brent's? So I texted Kim and I'm like, hey, I think I'm on my way back because I think I forgot my wallet. I left my wallet there, but I looked over their house before. Before I left to make sure I didn't leave anything. So I'm like freaking out because I can't find my wallet. I can't get anything to eat because, and I'm stopped in a parking lot. I'd park to go get something to eat. So I'm like, well, uh, let me just go to the office and, 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 and look through my stuff and see if I find my wallet. And if not, then I'll drive back to Kim and Brent's and find it there. So Kim's back at the house looking for it. I come to the office. Uh, I'm going through everything, and sure enough, I op- I bring in my camera case, uh, my Pelican camera case that's got all my camera equipment in it, and sure enough, I found my wallet in there. So I'm like, Phew. okay, uh, that emergency averted. But instead of getting my lazy butt up and going back to my storage and taking the lighting, my big lighting Pelican case, because it's huge, it's a big case, a uh, huge case. The case itself was like three, four hundred dollars. Uh, and instead of getting my lazy butt up and taking it back to my storage, I was like, oh, it's safe in my truck. There's no worries, you know, uh, get old, you know, that's why I bought that truck to be a rolling studio. So the lights are safe in the truck. Guess what? Uh, those lights have not been in my truck for over a year and a half. And uh, they the whole or over. I mean, they've never really been in my truck because when I had my other office, they were all set up in my office or my other studio at SVO. They were all set up in there because I was using them all the time. That's what they got. That's the main thing they got. And those lights are, you know, it was five thousand dollars for those lights, just those lights alone. So I'm going to look them up for you guys. I'll show you the lights that they got. And the funny thing is, is my huge softbox for those lights, I have it on my dash. It was literally laying on my dash and it's a six by four softbox, six foot by four foot softbox. And that softbox costs $500 by itself, but they took the lights and now I don't have, I don't, I don't even have the, I don't have the lights for the softbox, but I'm going to show you the lights. I want to show you uh, the lights that they got. So these were my my expensive, the big expensive ones. So these are the the photogenic DRs, and uh, let's see, that's a DRC. So they didn't get. The, I didn't have the DRC. I just had the DRs. Uh, yeah. So here they are. 
with the DRC. So they were 868 and uh, I can tell you I paid more than that for my lights. I paid uh, 880 I think 889 plus tax for them at Sammy's camera when I bought them. And I basically just bought them on a whim because I got a huge paycheck in for a job that I did. Uh, and so the $5,000 that they cost didn't even, I mean, it was not even half the check. So I made one of those business decisions like, hey, like right now would be the time, uh, you know, since I have the money, like right now would be the time just to go buy those lights. And so that's exactly what I did. Or I said, I'm just going to go light shopping and see what's up. And uh, so that's what I did. And I found those lights. Or I didn't find them. I bought, I bought them. Yeah, so this is the lights that they took. This is a, this is a DRC, uh, which I think the C is for a uh, remote control or something. So mine weren't a DRC. Mine were just a PLR 2500DR. Uh, so mine were like, these are a thousand because it's the C you can use a, a certain kind of remote or something that they trigger. Mine didn't have that. They were just a DR. They weren't a DRC, but that's the lights that they took and they got four of these and then they got the 1250s, which is a little cheaper. Let's see. See how much it, so yeah, so the 1250 DRs are 679 and I paid more. So I paid $700. Uh, I paid, uh, I think six, seven, six ninety nine or seven ninety nine for the 1250s. And then I paid eight ninety nine for the 2500s and I had four of them and one of them wasn't working properly, but still it hurts uh, that I lost those lights uh, because you can't even replace those lights. Uh, you can't even replace those. Do you have insurance? No, I don't. I used to have photography insurance, Matilda, when I had my studio, but I, I can't afford that stuff anymore. All of those kind of things I had to let go. Uh, I used to have business, business insurance when I had a studio. Uh, but the thing that, that hurts me the most. So the thing is, is like, there's some new lights out there that I can buy and, um, uh, they're called, uh, Godox. This, this light right here that I'm using, this big light right here, is actually a Godox. Oh, you know what? Let's, I want to check something else right quick. So I did that screen, and I want to be able to do like a screen. Oh, whoops, I messed up. I want to be able to do a screen where you don't see me in the camera, that you just see, uh, you just see the computer screen. So I set this one up. Let's see if I can get it to work. It's going to take me a second to get it to work. Uh, let's see. Should be right here. So you're gonna not gonna have a screen. You're not gonna see anything for a second. Sorry about that, guys. The screen's gonna be black for two seconds. Uh, but that should be it. See if the screen comes back. I apologize. I'm uh, doing some finagling here with stuff I set up. There we go. So now you guys should be able to see like the screen that I see without my picture there. And I should be able to switch back uh, to where you can see me and the computer screen. So anyway, that's the kind of stuff I've been working on to uh, get this uh, podcast running a little different. Have a little bit more production value there. So anyway, uh, oh, you know what? 
let's test something else out right quick because I could actually show you guys. Oh, if you don't know this, my birthday is Monday and I'm actually banned from Facebook for 30 days for being a bully. I think I told you guys that last uh, podcast. Um, so I want to show you guys, I'll show you guys. Uh, let me just see if I can search. I will show you guys really quick the, um, I want to show you the Christmas picture I did because Kim put it on her page. So I can show you guys this now. There it is. Bam. How about that? That's pretty cool, right? So this is kind of cool. Let's see if I can go back to full screen so you can see it a little better. And the only problem is, is when I go from full screen to, uh, there's a little delay there. Oh, and now you can't see it because it's, uh, let's, let me see if I can drag it up. It's a little too low. There we go. So that's a picture, the Christmas picture I did for my friends, Kim and Brent, uh, Kim and Brent. Uh, freedom Dove Sagittarius A, that makes sense. Yes, ma'am, Sagittarius. Uh, freedom Dove says they seriously have coronavirus as a tab at the top. I know it's so crazy. So here in California, is that still not centered, guys? Can you see the picture? Is it a little low? I'm trying to get it centered. I think it's got to be up higher. So anyway, I've been getting this alert on my phone telling me to opt in for the California Health Department or whatever so they can tell me uh, uh, where coronavirus is close to me in my area. I'm like, are you effing kidding me? I ain't telling you muckers anywhere I am. I don't want you to know where I am. Fuck off my phone. Uh, getting on my soapbox, but yeah, so I've been getting these alerts continuously telling me to uh, opt in for tracking so they can uh, send me alerts. If I go anywhere in public, they'll alert me to tell me that I'm I'm in the proximity of somebody that's tested positive for coronavirus. Are we living in 1984? Where in the heck are we at? Does it still need to scroll up a little bit, Freedom Dove? There we go. That should be good. Hopefully. Can't really scroll up any higher than that. I think that should be good. So, uh, scroll down. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at it. It's so weird because uh, there we go. Now you can see it, guys. It's, uh, I apologize. YouTube puts like a, it's like a 12 second delay. So when I do something on the screen, I don't see it on the YouTube screen for 12 seconds because of their 12 second delay. Hey, C. Gullion, what is going on, girl? I think you're a girl, right? Uh, but anyway, yeah, so that was a real bummer. And the funny thing is, is like those lights had not been in my truck. Uh, you know, it was just a, it was just a fluke that they were in my truck. Uh, but you know, my photography career has been on the outs for like the last two or three years. You know, I'm not really making the money. You know, I'm not making money. I'm not hustling. I'm, I'm getting too old to, for that grind on the hustle and, you know, uh, doing all the marketing and the begging and trying to find clients, you know, to let me shoot their weddings or, you know, anything. So I basically don't do any photography now unless somebody, uh, word of mouth, somebody asks me to do something. That's pretty much the only time I do any kind of photography now. But now that I've lost my lighting, uh, there won't be any, uh, any photography for, I don't know how long. Another main aspect of that is my photography equipment has gotten very old. 
and dated, and it still works great, but it's still older equipment from like six, seven years ago. And, uh, you know, I have a newer camera here, the Sony that I'm using, but I've invested in video stuff instead of new photography stuff. So I could do this podcast, if that makes sense. So instead of investing in new photography equipment, my photography equipment got dated. Instead of trying to do photography still, I moved into buying more video lighting and stuff. So, you know, it is what it is. But like I told, uh, I told Kim, you know, she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I said, well, that may be the end of my, uh, maybe the end of my photography career. Uh, it was lacking as it is, but that may have been the, you know, that may have been the, uh, what do you call it? The, the last straw. Put a met, put a fork in it. Uh, C says yes. I'm a girl, and we have met. We have. Where, where did we meet at RTR? Where do we meet at? Uh, but anyway, um, you know, if you're if you're gonna do van life, uh, that's one thing that you really got to, uh, you know, break ins. They're gonna ha- they will happen. Uh, it's not probably if, it's probably when, unfortunately. Now, I have said on here uh, and let you guys know that several years ago, I was, several years ago, not several years, like a year and a half, two years ago, I was in San Diego for a month and I parked down by the port in one of the shadier areas of San Diego, even though San Diego is very nice. It's one of the really uh, nicer areas of San Diego, or one of the really sketchier areas of nice San Diego down by the port. And uh, it's kind of where they will leave you alone down there because in San Diego, you know, they, they keep an eye on you. And, like, there's not supposed to be any, any sleeping in your vehicle overnight. They have, like, a city ordinance and stuff like that. And uh, and so I, um, I parked down there by the port. And this really nice, be- this really nice van life, you know, the, the celebrity-looking you know, a uh, little vegan, gorgeous little couple and like their $100,000 Sprinter uh, Winnebago or build out, you know, their $60,000 Sprinter with a $30,000, $40,000 build out. They pulled up and parked right in front of my Snap-on truck. And uh, I heard them pulling up, but I was getting ready. I was getting my electric bike out and I'd just gotten ready to go to downtown San Diego to the gas lamp district, which was on my electric bike, like a 10 minute bike ride. Uh, to go eat dinner. And so I uh, was getting everything ready to get out when I heard them parking. And then I got out and we were both leaving at the same time. They were getting into an Uber and I was getting on my electric bike, but they, they were leaving their van and they parked so close to me. I couldn't even, I couldn't even walk in front of my truck. So I was a little annoyed with them because like where I parked, I, I didn't think I left enough room in between my rig and the red curb. But evidently they figured I did and they literally backed their rig up. I'm not kidding you. It was like two inches from my bumper. Uh, so that irritated me. But, you know, I just like whatever, you know, it's not a big deal. Uh, they wanted to squeeze in there. So they did. And so I jumped on my bike and I took off. I went to the gas lamp district, had dinner, uh, went out, uh, went to a coffee shop and just, you know, cruised around the gas lamp district. If you've never been there in San Diego, it's like this party district, a little bit like uh, Bourbon Street, New Orleans, but it's for San Francisco. And it's like a whole district in downtown San Diego. It's, I love I love the gas lamp district. People everywhere, clubs open, you know, it's just it gets a good time. I went into a little bar, had a few drinks, and then I jump on my electric bike. 
And I left my truck probably, it was probably about 6.30, 7. It was summertime, just getting dark. Uh, and uh, I, I, so I leave downtown. It was probably around 1.30 a.m. So I'd been down there for several hours. And I leave and I go back to my truck. And I'm a little tipsy. You know, I had a couple of shots of Jameson. I had a couple of Coronas. So I'm a little tipsy. And as I'm topping this hill... Uh, to where I could see my truck, I topped this hill on my electric bike and I look and I can see cop cars at my truck. I'm like, oh no, I could see like a cop car from a distance. Now, granted, I'm still like a quarter mile away. It's a long way to my truck, but I can see I can distinctly see a cop car sitting there by my truck. I'm like, oh no, what's going on? Somebody complained or, you know, like, uh, what is the deal? So I'm like, so now I'm freaking out or somebody break into my truck. Like I'm freaking out. Like, so I'm, you know, my bike will do like 20 miles an hour. So I've just got it pegged, uh, headed to my truck. I get to the snap on truck just as the cops are leaving. Uh, they get in their car and they're driving away as I get there. And, uh, the girl from the nice sprinter, uh, and her husband is or her boyfriend or husband. I'm not sure what they were. He's consoling her and she's crying. And I pull up on the sidewalk, and since I can't go in front of my truck, I go behind my truck and come up behind them and kind of startle them because they're parked right in front of me, and they're on the they're on the sidewalk where their door slides, their big sliding door slides open, and the 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 door is open, and you can see where somebody took like a pry bar and pried the door open. Uh, because they had some kind of safety lock on it. So they busted the window out on the passenger side. They still couldn't open the door. So they took a pry bar and pried it open. And uh, so the door wouldn't even close because they jacked up the door where you couldn't close the door. So, uh, but they, they stole everything out of that Sprinter van. I mean, they took the TV off the wall. They took everything, uh, which was, it was... I mean, it was like one of the saddest things. They just stripped it. Uh, and that couple had just gotten back. So I got there like at one thirty, maybe one forty-five, and they had gotten back to their rig like at 12.30, like an hour before. So the cops had been there for almost an hour. It took like the cops time to get there. So, uh, but it was just a super, super sad thing. And then I just turned, you know, I'm standing there looking at them and talking to them and like, I don't even know what to say to them. I feel so bad. But then I'm looking at my truck, the Snap-on truck, and it's sitting two inches from their from their van, and they didn't touch my truck. I mean, they didn't touch it. Everything was fine. So uh, you know, just it's it's a weird weird deal. So we're gonna try to go to another screen I set up, guys. Should be a full screen here. There we go. Yeah, we're back to a camera now. So I have another a camera set up, but the problem is, is if I do that one, uh, my old a camera set up for full screen, it has that YouTube subscribe thing and then the little clapping. So it would be this. So that's why I could never really go back to that screen back and forth. But now I have a new screen set up where I can actually just do it without having that, uh, that YouTube subscribe thing come up. And for those of you that just joined us, I did a new intro, so I'll, I'll show you guys the new intro right now.
yeah. So uh, I've been working on stuff. The funny thing is, is I was so excited for myself figuring these things out that I didn't know how to do and finally getting them figured out. And then uh, um, while I was figuring this stuff out, I worked all night doing it. I spent hours uh, figuring it out. And now, I, like I said, I can use Streamlabs and have a guest on. Uh, so if anybody wants to call in on my birthday Monday, uh, send me an email at ravholly at gmail.com because I would like to schedule a guest, maybe the bread trucker, somebody I want somebody to come on. I want to start sch scheduling some guests to come on maybe once a week, uh, maybe on Wednesday night or maybe Friday night would be good. Uh, to try to have a guest on sometimes until I can start having people in the studio. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate that, man. Uh, it's not very fancy. I did it myself with some software uh, that you can use. I can't even remember the name of the software, but uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not nothing crazy fancy, but it, it works, I think. And so I can do regular videos now and have a, and have a, uh, an intro for it. Let me go back to the room here. Uh, C says, we met at Party R at Paul's camp, I think. Then I at Schooly Plaza. I also go by CC. Missed you at Slabs. Oh, you're CC. That, uh, your van burned down at... Uh, are you CC that you're burned? You and your boyfriend? Uh, what was your boyfriend's name? You're CC that your van... You had a Dodge van, right? That you pulled up to van build and your van uh, caught on fire. And then they built you out a new van, if I'm not mistaken. No, I know they built you out a new van. I've seen it. Uh, if it's the CC I'm thinking about. But anyway, yeah. Um, so I've been working on this stuff a little bit. But I can have a guest on, but it just won't be the same format. Because on Streamlabs, I can't do all of the things uh, that I do in uh, OBS, if that makes sense. But if I'm going to have a guest on, then it doesn't really matter. We'll just stream it on Streamlabs. Now, Streamlabs has a version where I can do like my intro and stuff and kind of make like a custom uh, stream, but it's $20 a month. They have a free version where you have the Streamlabs logo up in the corner and you can't add your intro. You can't add anything to it. You can just basically stream a guest. You can have some titles and stuff like that, uh, but you don't get like the, because you can customize it. If you pay $20 a month, you can customize it so you can have like a full stream. But unfortunately, uh, OBS, which is free, I can't even, even if I paid the $20 a month, I couldn't even set up Streamlabs to be as, uh, I mean, uh, the StreamYard, I couldn't even set up StreamYard to be as good as OBS, if that makes sense. I like my format with OBS, but if I could actually just transfer everything I have set up from OBS, if I could transfer it so it would work the same format in StreamYard, I actually might pay the $20, try to pay the $20 a month. Uh, but because it, it doesn't, I'm not going to add that added expense to my budget. Uh, when I'm trying to keep a low budget, I'm not going to add that expense to my budget when I don't know how often I'll have a guest on, you know what I mean? But if I keep having problems with OBS, I may start doing some streams on StreamYard, using StreamYard, because I can stream it to YouTube. <clears throat> CC says, I was in San Diego when the lockdown started in California. Scary stuff. Yes. I'm still in Orange County, CC. Where are you at now? Are you in Phoenix? I mean, Phoenix. Are you in a quartzite? Uh, 
so anyway, um, that really, uh, CC says your current setup is pretty nice. Thank you so much, CC. So this is another thing. So uh, with my Snap-on truck, you know, I bought that thing to build a studio, to have this studio in that truck. And now I'm so paranoid because if I would have had all of this stuff in that truck, it, who knows what they would have took of this equipment that I use for this stream. So that is another one of the dilemmas of living in your truck and uh, working out of your truck. Um but I think, uh, you know, and then like Cece that's in the room, her freaking van burned up. I mean, it actually caught on fire and burned. I'm wondering if I can find uh, that video. Bear with me, guys. We're going to try something here. Let's go to the YouTube and... Uh, it'll be cool. Yeah, check this out. So let's go back to my other screen, guys. And let's see if we can go to this one. And Randy, the mobile traveler's videos here. If you're not familiar Get your with Randy, home and everything in it covered in just 90 seconds. Sorry, we have to Old go. Old insurance kind of sucks. But Skip the ad there. But the Randy will get paid. Hey, this is Randy, the mobile traveler. Uh the video you're about to see <laughs> caused me a little grief. So this is Cece uh, that's in the room right now. This uh, Cece says, I installed the floors recently, but I haven't worked on it lately. Right, I like your van though, Cece. That Ford that they got you is actually a 2012, I think. It's a nice van. Ooh. Randy's stuff's a little loud. So this is Randy the Mobile Traveler's video, and it's actually going to have Cece's van, her high-top well, van. So Cece that's in the room right now, she said she'll, she's, I'll be right back. Uh, that's her van at Van Bill 2019 burning. And so you guys that are uh, listening just to the audio, uh, we're looking at uh, Randy, the Mobile Traveler's YouTube channel, and he's got some uh, pictures, and he actually has some video uh, of Cece's rig. So if we can fast forward here, because he's done a lot of commentary. Maybe he doesn't have video. I guess he just has pictures. But anyway, that was Cece's van at the 2019 van build. She went to the van build to uh, get solar installed and gets it. There's several, uh, the Campulus, Campulance, man. I think this was the very first video I saw was the Campulance man. And so this is Cece's van here. See if we can get this in the right spot. If 
Well, I'm moving it around. That's not in the right spot. But yeah, that was uh, CeCe's van at Van Build. That, uh, so that's a problem with this uh, thing is I can get it, but getting it scrolled to the, just the right spot where you guys can see it. It's about the best I can do. If I put it on full screen, it's in the wrong spot. Uh, <coughs> Matilda, I don't believe uh, they ever found out what started the fire. But when it comes to van life, guys, the, so here's the two biggest catastrophes that really can take your breath away if you're a van lifer. This is one of them. This is the biggest one. A fire is like, because if your rig catches on fire and it burns, you know, you're done. You lose everything. Uh, and CC went through that. And uh, then the other one is like what happened to me, just happened to me uh, Monday night, where they break into it and uh, steal everything. But with that being said, um, with that being said, it's just stuff. And that's one reason, you know, we get into the van life is so we minimalize or, you know, we're minimalist. So when it's stuff, you know, but it still sucks. I'm not going to say it doesn't suck because it absolutely does suck when you lose everything. All right. And let's see if we can go back to. Cool. Oh, and I can actually go to B camera now. Wow, look at that, man. This show is coming a long ways. I'm uh, So all of this stuff, uh, I've known how to do this stuff that you're seeing right now. I've actually known how to do this for a while, but I didn't, I wasn't fluent enough in OBS to be able to do it while I was streaming because I was concentrating on what I was doing. And so I would do stuff and uh, get off, you know, I would get off on the you know and I would lose my train of thought but now I'm getting comfortable enough with OBS I can actually start switching screens and stuff you know I said like back like a month and a half ago like even before I went to Texas that I wanted like the last piece of equipment that I wanted to buy was a stream deck I think I might get one of those for Christmas from someone that uh, asked me what I wanted for Christmas. And I said, that's the only thing I want, but they are like $250. So if I don't get one, I'm not worried about it, but it's the last piece of equipment that's kind of missing from my setup. And, uh, what it, all, all it does is, is like, it takes me a second because like I have to switch between screens with a mouse. So I have to move my mouse around to switch, uh, between the screens and if you have a stream deck it's this little thing that just has a button you can program a button so all you have to do is just push a button which is like a radio or you like a tv show you have a switcher that you can switch between cameras and graphics and stuff like that so that's what a stream deck is so uh, if i do get a stream deck it'll help me streamline but because before i wasn't comfortable enough switching between screens so i never set up all of the screens i needed so i could do these other things but now I'm getting, I'm getting fluent enough and comfortable enough with OBS. I've learned it enough that I get, uh, you know, I'm, I'm confident. So anyway, I'm going to show you guys my new intro. I think everybody's seen it, but if you haven't, this is a new intro I just did. the wrong see that's that's what I'm talking about I clicked the wrong screen and 
and that's now we're back. So anyway, I'm working on this stuff to try to you know make this uh, podcast a little bit more enjoyable and have a little bit higher production value so you guys don't get so bored of just listening to me talk about nothing and then the other thing I wanted is like when I was talking about the pictures that I took for my friend Kim it'd be cool if I could just bring her page up and show you guys what I'm talking about so uh, that's kind of where I am now I've been working on that stuff but anyway uh, so it's 57 minutes and we're going to try to keep this like right at a right at a uh, I would suspect bad wiring yeah you know here's here's the thing the dodges can be prone to batteries overheating uh, I've had this problem with Bertha uh, and I had to upgrade the wiring for my battery terminals because uh, what happened so that my Dodge I don't know about other people's but my Dodge has the 440 in it and it's called a 440-2. So there's a 440-1. So the 440-1 is what everybody thinks a 440 is. They think a 440-1 like in a Dodge Challenger or a hot rod Dodge car, like a Dodge Dirt, Dart, or a Dodge Roadrunner or a Challenger like the Dukes of Hazard. Those big Dodge cars had a 440-1 in them. But there's there was also a, another engine called a 440-2. Uh, that was made by Dodge just for motorhomes and heavy equipment. It was basically a Dodge 440 that had different heads uh, and different stuff in the the block and the 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 motor itself to make it more of a torquey motor instead of a high-end performance motor, if that makes sense. So, like if you went out to a wrecking yard to find a motor for your Dodge hot rod you wouldn't want to pull one out of a motorhome because it might if it's a 440-2 it's not going to be a, a high-end or you know a, a fast racing motor if you pulled one out of a motorhome to put in a tractor now that would work or like a you know a something a truck that you're hauling stuff in that would be what you would want it for so I didn't even know this when I bought Bertha I figured it out when I broke down on the side of the road in Phoenix and had to get a thermostat for my truck or for my uh, rig and I looked up like like a regular thermostat and the the thermostat that's in a 440-2 is like a sleeved thermostat. I'd never even, or ported sleeved thermostat. I'd never even seen one. I was like, what is that? Like when I pulled the thermostat out, I was like, what? Because I mean, I put, I put a bunch of thermostats in vehicles because I've always been a Chevy guy. But a little old tiny thermostat you get at AutoZone or anywhere. I looked at this thermostat and I'm like, what? Let's see. Hey, let's see if we can pull one up here. And uh, it, so anybody that's a mechanic knows what a ported thermostat is or, you know, a sleeve or whatever it's called. I didn't know what it was. I'd never seen one. Um, let me see if I can search here. I'm not sure if it'll bring it up. So you can see what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, here we go right here. So um, let me go back to my screen so you guys can see. It takes it a minute to switch to the screen. Let's see. There we go. So this is the thermostat that is like in Bertha. There we go. I think you guys can see. Oh, we're getting pop-ups for advertisements. So I think you guys can see that. So I'd never seen a thermostat like that because if you uh, – 
if you look at just the regular thermostat, they don't look like they they're, they don't have this. It's called a, I can't remember what it's called exactly. It's actually got a name. Uh, but anyway, that's that's what the thermostat looks like that's inverted. That goes in like a 440-2. Now, a 440-1 just has like a regular thermostat. So let's look at a, let's just look at a dash one thermostat. So I didn't even know Bertha had a 440-2. I didn't even know there was any such thing as a 440-2. Let's see if we can find a regular. Yeah, so here's a regular thermostat that would go into like just a 440-1. This is, now this is a Dodge thermostat, but that's pretty much what any, like a 350 Chevy, uh, you know, a, a 460 Ford, they all use this same type thermostat. Uh, any car, any car, every car ever I've ever seen uses the same thermostat. So I didn't even know what that 440-2 thermostat was. When I pulled the thermostat, I was like, what in the hell is this? And then, uh, so that's what a regular old thermostat looks like. So anyway, I uh, was like, what is, what is this? And so I actually started looking for that thermostat that I needed, and they were not easy to find. I finally found one. They didn't have them at AutoZone. I finally found one at uh, O'Reilly's. O'Reilly's actually had one in stock. I don't even... what. Somebody help me. Why was I talking about thermostats? Lost my train of thought. Let's uh, let's see. Freedom Dove says, we're talking about recent mods, though. Maybe the hitch wiring wasn't done right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was talking about uh, catching on fire. So um, <clears throat> my, old, uh, my old Dodge, Bertha, uh, so those 440-2s in the Dodge, they run very hot. The manifolds run so hot that those manifolds don't last a whole uh, really, a really long time. And I pulled into a, a Home Depot one night uh, or one morning. I pulled in like at five in the morning and was going to pull in and wait on the Home Depot to open because I needed to get some stuff. And it was the craziest thing because I pulled into a Home Depot and as I parked and shut Bertha off, there was black smoke billowing from under the hood. I was like, what in the hell? And so I, I popped the hood really quick. I grabbed my fire extinguisher, popped the hood really quick, and opened up the hood. And sure enough, the battery cable is on fire. The insulation is on fire. So I'm like, what is going on? So I put the fire out, and uh, it burned all the insulation off of the ground wire. I was like, what in the hell? Uh, so I started doing some research, and sure enough, on that Dodge 440-2 somebody had replaced the uh the 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 negative cable the battery terminal cable but they used too small a gauge of wire for that engine because that engine runs really hot and so i ended up replacing it it put too much amperage through that wire it was too small uh, so it was too small of a gauge. So I ended up replacing, uh, I was lucky I was in a Home Depot parking lot. I ended up replacing that whole uh, negative with a larger diameter wire. And I've never had that problem since. Because what I would do is I would get out and check it and see if it, the after I put the bigger one on there, see if it even got hot and it never even got hot. 
But, you know, it could have been anything, you know what I mean? As far as catching on fire, I mean, there's a lot of things that will catch a vehicle on fire. Uh, it was funny because I've been looking at these Bluebird buses that I, you guys, uh, I showed you, and Wonder Lodges. And there was another uh, bus I looked at called the American Dream, which is a beautiful bus. And they're like a hundred, two hundred thousand dollar bus, and I found one that's got some water damage, but I don't mind tearing out the water damage. It's not that bad, but it'd have to be fixed at some point. It's a cosmetical thing, but uh, all of these these buses I'm looking at that are like that bus, they're all priced out at about forty, fifty, sixty thousand. I found one for like ten grand because it needs some water damage replacement, but it's got an amazing. Uh, 8.3 Cummings diesel in it with uh, Allison transmission, 3060 transmission, which the motor and the transmission out of that bus is worth more than what she's asking for the bus. And this is a big, if you search, uh, let's go back to our full screen. I can't think it's, it's made by, it's not Pro, uh, Provost, but the American Dream. Let's see if we can go back to the full screen here. And we'll try to bring this back up. And it's a 96 model, so let's see. So yeah, it's uh, I still like the Wonder Lodges, but this is what the this coach looks like and it's got a custom wrap on it and it's a diesel pusher so you have the engine in the back this is exactly what it looks like but it's just got a funky like parrots of the caribbean wrap on it uh, but yeah that's an american dream 96 model uh, and this one has been she redone it on the inside so it's really updated on the inside now before i go any further let me just say i've never been a big a-class motorhome fan but for some reason I'm really looking at these A-classes. And for the price that she's asking, you know, if I could get it, if I could sell the Snap-on truck or Bertha, I would probably buy that rig. But it's still not the rig I have my heart set on. The what I really this is a nice one here. What I really want is an 80s uh I want like an 80s. I talked to a guy this morning. He's asking 12,000 for uh a Wonder Lodge. I think it's a 82. It's a 1982 Wonder Lodge 35. So this is it. This is this is more along the lines of what I want. Is something like this. Uh, it's built on a Bluebird chassis. That's a newer one. Yeah, this is. There's one. Here's one. Um, but yeah, I'm a big fan of those. Uh, I like the Bluebird. You know, it's like the school bus chassis, but they're built like tanks. The one I'm looking at is like green, but I don't see a green one. But it looks just like this one, except it's got like a green, uh, it's got a green uh, paint instead of a tan. It's a green and tan, gold or green and gold. But anyway, uh, yeah, so... I love these old coaches. The only problem is if you look at the the inside of any of them, this is like an 82. They look like 1982. You know what I mean? They're not, uh, the inside of them are pretty dated. Uh, 
So the one I'm looking at, uh, the gentleman uh, is a diesel mechanic. It's uh, the powertrain, the motor, and it's now it's got a Cummins 3208. I mean, not Cummins. It's got a Cat 3208 in it. I would prefer to have like a Cummins uh, 8.3. That's the motor I would really, you know, if I could just pick but for some but unfortunately a lot of these uh buses especially the wonder lodges they have the uh they have the cat 3208 or even the cat c7 in them these the bigger wonder lodges there's a few of them that have the cummings but the majority of them have the cat i love this blue one right there but anyway uh this guy bought his and he has stripped the entire thing out and because uh, it had some water damage so he tore everything out of it and started building it back himself so it's got a lot of stuff done but like the bathroom walls i mean it's it's basically an empty shell he's built like a platform for the bed he's put like a uh like a thousand dollar wood stove in it he's piped it all in uh let's see what else did he put oh it's got like a a 12 volt really nice thousand dollar refrigerator in it and the main thing that's the selling point is it's a nice bus but the biggest selling point of the bus is the powertrain only has has 12,000 miles it's only got 12,000 miles on the on the motor and the the motor and the uh the transmission they replaced both of them uh several years ago but the guy it's never been really driven since it was since that the powertrain was replaced and then the guy that owns it right now is a diesel mechanic that's what he does for a trade so he's done all of these upgrades to it uh to get it uh to you know to where it's at so that's really something that i'm actually really looking at um i would actually show it to you guys let me see if i can find it i believe it is on is it on craigslist or is it on facebook i think it's craigslist i'm going to show it to you guys and so one of you guys are going to run out and buy it aren't you But the thing about buying one of these Wonder Lodges is the reason I'm looking at a Wonder Lodge is because if I got like a Bluebird bus, then you have to do 100% of, you know, it's, you got to build the, th you know, a lot of them, you even got to take the seats out. Now you can get like a nice Bluebird bus with very low miles, like 120,000 miles, which is not much on that, that powertrain. We need to go to San Francisco. There we go. Let's see if I can find it here. It may be on Facebook because I've been looking everywhere. Let's see if I find it here. Yeah, there it is right there. Okay, so this is the bus. Uh, his It's a 79. It's a little bit older than I was looking for. I wanted something like a, I wanted something like a 82, 84, 85 maybe. Uh, this is a 79. Uh, it was painted in 2018. It's pretty dirty. Uh, you can see he's just had it setting out, so it's pretty dirty. Uh, but when it's clean, it's actually really nice. Now these Wonder Lodges had all of this that had this rack, this big extravagant roof rack with diamond plate and all of these horns and stuff on top that came stock. He's taken all of that stuff out off because he had to take it off because this roof was leaking really bad. And that's why there was water damage in the coat. So he had to take this roof off. Uh, I apologize to you guys that are just listening to the audio of this. You can't really see my visuals here. But anyway, uh, 
but I love all of that old stuff that's on the top of the old Wonder Lodges. So, you know, that's the trade-off. You lose all of that old cool stuff. These Wonder Lodges stock even had a horn, uh, even had horns that were programmable that would play like a Dixie, or you could put like these songs, these MIDI songs on there, and it would play the song. You could go down the road or go through a parade and click this special horn button and the the it would just play these uh, looped songs or you could be like at a park, like at a, you know, a van meetup or something like that and just have it. It would literally just play songs all the time. So through the horn. So all of that cool stuff that are on all the Wonder Lodge, it's been taken off because he sealed. He did a really good job of sealing that roof. But he tore out all of the water damage stuff. The generator's also missing there. And the main thing is on this bus is... Um, Let's see. The main thing is his asking price, which is twelve thousand. Uh, I can find this complete package with everything in it still for less than that. So, but then the other trade-off is this: this unit only has twelve thousand miles on the motor and the drivetrain instead of one hundred and thirty or one hundred forty thousand miles. So, you know, it is what it is. We'll go through some of the pictures here. But it's pretty dirty right there. And the generator's gone. He said the generator didn't work, so he pulled it out. One of the things I like about these Wonder Lodges, too, is it does have the Alcoa wheels. These aren't wheel covers. They're actually real Alcoa stainless wheels, like a semi-truck. Uh, he built a new dinette for it, the cabinets. He put a new ceiling in it. it. This is not the ceiling that goes in a Wonder Lodge. It had like that, uh, that plastic, that padded plastic ceilings. Uh, he's redone the shower. It's got a 12 volt refrigerant, uh, water heater. Uh, that's the back. He's actually built a platform for the bed now. It's got this wood burning stove in it. There's the p platform for the bed. So it wouldn't be a complete schoolie. I mean, it's already, com you know, it's already started every, it's got great bones basically is what I'm talking about. So I could build this thing out exactly like I wanted it. So I could put my kitchen right here. Let me scroll up just a little bit. You guys can't see exactly what I'm looking at. Yep, that's as high as I can scroll. Uh, whoops. So anyway, uh, what did I do? So I like the I love the wood stove. I'm not sure I would want it right there, but now I mean relocating it would be crazy. But it's right by the door. So you could burn yourself going in and out the door if you fell trying to go out the door. He put this platform bed in. Uh, that's the before he built the bed. It's got a refrigerator in it. Uh, the old refrigerator would probably come out because it's got the new 12-volt refrigerator in there now. Uh, where did the picture go? I was looking at the layout. There it is. No, that's not it. There it is. So I would build the kitchen on this side. This side of the coach, the driver's side would all be the kitchen and probably a couch right here. Uh, and then on this side, what I would put, because the wood stove is over here. So what I would put right here is I would literally build my office right there. This would be where the studio would be. I would have everything that I have right here in the studio. Uh, everything that I have right here in this studio uh, to do this podcast, I would get this light because this is huge. This is a four foot uh, parabolic umbrella. So I'll get a smaller umbrella and two lights for this side. But I would have my podcast studio right here uh, against this wall. So I would be able to do the podcast out of the bus.
So anyway, that's what I'm looking at. Uh, let's see. Was there any other Wonder Lodges? So I'll, I think, that, so here's a new one. So here's a, uh, so that's a 79. And here's a new Wonder Lodge that's a 2000 model. And it is $105,000 in Santa Rosa. And you can see the inside of the new one. Uh, but the funny thing with me is, is uh, as much as I love this, the inside of this coach, I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, look at it. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, that is not ideal for me to be living in for the fact it's too beautiful. I mean, that's like a showpiece. Uh, I need like, a, you know, I'm going to be living in it. So I don't want to worry about scratching the, you know, or the, the light tan leather furniture or, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. If that makes sense. I mean, I want it to be built more like a house. You know what I mean? Because when you're living in it, you don't need all this fancy track lighting and you don't need all these mirrors and all that stuff is just stuff that you're going to have to clean. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, if you go to like a, a RV show or something like that, if you're showing it off to relatives, this is amazing. But what I want is something that looks more like a little tiny home that's built more modern, like a modern, like a, you know, like a container house. It is cool to be able to show you guys um, what I'm looking at because for so long I've had this show. Um, for so long I've had this show where, uh, you know, I'd be talking about something and then I wouldn't be able to, you know, I just have to try to explain it to you guys. Uh, anyway, gosh, we're 17 minutes, 18 minutes past. So I'm running this way longer than I planned on it. Uh, anyway, Monday is my birthday, so I'm trying to get a guest on for my birthday show. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but if it does happen, just to let you guys know, it will be streaming on Streamlabs. So you're not going to get, don't be alarmed. I know uh, I know a random nomad will probably be freaking out because he really likes the format of how we go through everything. But if we do a show on Streamlabs, it's not going to have the same format. You're not going to see my intro and the same start screen and that kind of stuff. So just so you know, Joel P., what is going on, buddy? Good to see you. I'm so glad I made you a moderator, Freedom Dub, because Random Nomad, who's always in, uh, he's actually not here tonight. So I'd have been here without a... Without a uh, I would have been here without a uh, moderator. JP, I might take on a build for someone else next year. I'm uh, really interested in, in following your build some more, JP. So it's funny because uh, I will be the first one to tell you when I bought my Snap-on truck, I said this at, uh, I said this at, at RTR uh, this year and last year. Uh, because I, the schoolies, they have like a whole thing called schoolie palooza for you guys that don't know. I think everybody in the van community knows. So when RTR rubber tramp rendezvous is going on at the same time over not too far away from rubber tramp rendezvous or RTR, there's another, uh, event going on called schoolie palooza. Everybody's welcome there, but it, it, it is, uh, it originates or it's founded around schoolies, uh, converted school buses. Uh, that have been, you know, made into tiny homes. So there's tons of schoolies there. And I would walk around and I would look at these schoolies and there's not a lot of headroom in them. Like you're, it, that was my biggest problem with my B plus camper birthdays. My, you know, there's like an inch or two inches above my head. So you just feel like the, the ceiling is right on top of you. 
my snap-on truck, now I can reach up with my hand in my snap-on truck, and I can't even reach the roof. That's how much headroom it's got. Like when I'm standing up in my snap-on truck, uh, I'd have to get up on a step stool to, to touch the ceiling. It's like seven, I don't know what the headroom is. I should measure it someday because I'm not sure exactly. It's probably close to eight foot maybe. Uh, it's got a lot of headroom in that truck. So you feel like you're in this big, huge space even when it's a little tiny space. And a school bus, even though you're even though it's up so high, like it's up higher than a snap-on truck, people don't realize the floor of a school bus is up over the tires. So you're losing all of that room around the tires, uh, which I've actually, if you've watched Chris Penn, he just finished his bus, and he cut out and is putting all undercarriage storage under that space in between the tires, which what you, what you see like on the big Greyhound buses, which is absolutely amazing to have that big, huge basement. And he built this huge basement. If you haven't seen Chris's pen latest video on the off-grid schoolie, uh, you got to go check it out because he just painted that bus. And I've been following, following him for the three years that it's taken him to do that bus. And uh, he's just putting the, I can't even type, he's just putting the finishing touches on it. And it looks absolutely amazing. Uh, probably be better to actually go to Facebook. Uh, let's see. It's so funny because I am banned on Facebook. Look, you see right here. Oh, let me go to a different window here so you guys can see. So yeah, if you see right here, it says account restricted. Only you can see this. So I can't even post anything. I can't like any videos or anything. If I uh, if I try to do something, it tells me my account is restricted. I'm a bad boy on Facebook. That's why I like Parler. Uh, let's see. So what was gonna? I was gonna show you. Let's show you, should be right here. See if I got the right, yeah, here we go. So this is Chris's bus and I don't know how many, out. oh, it's the video. Damn, I don't want the videos, I want the Facebook. Everything you need. Um, let's see, he's got, big, there it is. Okay, so here we go. So you can actually see perfect here. Uh, if it's uh, in the right area. So you can see uh, they actually, that last video, the YouTube video, if you go to his video, uh, they cut out and put in all of this undercarriage. They built this. This was not actually in the bus. Um, they've built all of this undercarriage storage there. Uh, these buses, the floor is up about right, it's right here at the top of where this is, right under where the shore power is hooked up. Uh, so this is the floor in a bus. So that is the reason that Chris did the roof raise and him and Wes with Transcendence Existence, that's the reason they're doing the roof raises on these bus buses. So it gives you way more headroom because since the, the flooring of a bus is literally right here, people don't realize that. You think you have all of this uh, inside and you don't. To where my snap-on truck, you do. The snap-on truck comes to about right here, but it goes all the way to the ceiling, which would be right here. So you have all of this, and a school bus is different. Do you remember being a kid getting in a school bus, and the ceiling wasn't, too, wasn't very high off your head as a kid? Uh, I remember there were certain kids in school that have to duck. They were like 6'4", 
uh, you know, seniors and stuff that have to duck. Anyway, guys, man, uh, I've kind of had fun with this podcast because uh, I've got some new toys and gadgets here. And so I've just kind of been playing around with them. But anyway, we're going to we're an hour and a half into this thing. I need to bring it to a close. But anyway, just know if we get somebody on, if I am able to find a guest to be on Monday, we're going to have a different format because we're going to be streaming that guest on StreamYard. Uh, oh, but what I was going to say, I uh, keep forgetting, I'm, I'm all over the place today, but what I was going to say is the reason that I, um, the reason that I, or what I would, what I said at, at uh, RTR and Schooly Palooza the last two or three years is I never saw myself in a bus. A bus never interested me. I never thought they were cool. I didn't like riding them in school. You know what I mean? So a bus was never something that I really took. Uh, plus they get, they don't, even a bus, the diesel pusher, you know, they only get maybe eight to 10 miles per gallon. You know, that's why I wanted my snap on truck because it gets like 12 to 14 miles per gallon uh, diesel. You know, it gets, and with Bertha, my old motorhome gets like 10 miles per gallon. So a schoolie, you're getting, you're going, I'm going back down in mileage. So I never seen myself wanting to get into a schoolie. Uh, but the Bluebird or the Wander Lodge RV, I love the way those Wonder Lodges are set up. And the other thing I like about the Wonder Lodge over just a regular schoolie is not just the building it out, is the Wonder Lodge was built with all of these bells and whistles that you really don't need, but I like the cockpit because it's just not that metal speedometer and tachometer and just a metal dash, which is what you get in a school bus. A Wonder Lodge has a full-on, it looks like a cockpit of a plane. It's got all of this, these gauges and everything you need, more like a semi-truck than a school bus. So that's why I love the Wonder Lodge. Uh, you know, it's more stuff to break and go out, though. But it looks better. It looks cooler, if that makes sense. Same thing with my step van. If you look at like a regular step van they use for like UPS or FedEx, it's just got like a metal dash. There's nothing there. But Snap-on, the Snap-on trucks are done by a company up in Michigan, I believe, that's called LDV. And LDV puts what's called their LDV package on it, and they build it into a Snap-on truck. So they make it and put all of these bells and whistles on it with their LDV uh, upgrades. And that's why I like a snap-on step van instead of just like some regular step van. Does that make sense? I, you know, I don't always like the, the bells and whistles, but, you know, sometimes the bells and whistles are nice. JP says, I can fill up and drive 800 miles. Yeah, so what do you, what do you have? You have a 100, 150-gallon tank on that, uh, JP? And let me ask you this, because I know I watched a guy fill up his motorhome, and it was $169 for an A-class, but I've seen that some people with, like, Bluebird buses that have, like, a 200-gallon tank, that it's, like, almost $400 to fill those up. So I'm wondering, uh, and what bus do you have, Joel P? I know you're building out a schoolie. You have a 100-gallon gas tank. So with 100 gallons, that'll get you how many miles will that get you? What did you say? Uh, seven to nine miles per gallon. Uh, and what, because I am very interested in that, because like, uh, you know, I can fill up my Snap-on truck for about 80 to 100 bucks, and I can drive like 330, 340, 50 miles. You have a 5'9 Cummins in your bus. Is yours a 40-foot bus or is it a 35-foot? Uh, 94 Thomas self-T-liner. And what is, the, what is the length? Are you a 35-foot or a 40-foot? 
Because I know a 5.9 Cummins in, that, in a 40-foot bus, once you build it out with like two-by-fours and stuff and make it really heavy, uh, you're going to have your foot against the freaking floor going 60 miles an hour. That's why I really like the 8.3 Cummings. Uh, in water. You can go seven to 800 miles. So with a 100-gallon tank, so $130, that's not bad at all. That is actually not bad at all. Because uh, when I flew from here to uh, Texas, it cost me 200 and this is in, in the pandemic. This is pandemic prices. It cost me 223 I think, one way. And on the way back, it was 260 I think, because of the weather. So it cost me $500, pretty much round trip, to fly over. Because I booked one way because I didn't know when I would want to come back, uh, how long I'd want to stay. So I booked a one-way trip. It's got an Allison 653 transmission with a Cummings uh, 5.9. And did you say you're, oh, you're 40 foot, Joel? Yeah, see, that's another, that's a thing that, because uh, I watched a guy that, uh, or I've watched people that get out of those 40 footers with a 5.9. Uh, Transcendence Existence, do you know Wes with Transcendence Existence? He's got a shorter bus. His isn't 30, his isn't 40 foot. And he says his bus is underpowered. So the really the 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 powertrain to have for uh, a forty foot bus, even a thirty five foot bus, is I think the the best powertrain for those buses is an eight point three. It's an eight point three with uh, thirty sixty Allison transmission. That's what Chris Penn has. He's actually got a um, Chris Penn actually has a um, it's a website thing called uh, Schoolie Academy that he's put together. It's like two hundred fifty dollars or whatever, but, uh, he's got some free videos on there and his mechanic, his bus mechanic or where he gets his bus stuff done in Arizona, Tony at his bus place in Arizona. Uh, he talks about all of the, uh, the three, the, the engines for a school bus. And he says by far the best engine for the school bus is an 8.3. I've actually got the 24 valve Cummings in my uh, Snap-on truck. And he talks about with the fuel rail, with any other of those electronic, uh, with the electronic uh, fuel injected trucks, diesels, that fuel rail, the fuel pumps, all that stuff, you can have problems with that. That's why the 5.9 Cummings and the 8.3 Cummings with the main with the mechanical fuel uh, system on there is by far the best engines out there. But if you can get an 8.3, yeah, 8.3 is an easy swap. It, exactly. So once you get, you know, once you wear that 5.9 out instead of rebuilding it, you might just throw a, an 8.3 in there. I know you can do some... Uh, you can actually do some uh, upgrading or some tuning to 5.9 to get it a, get a little bit more power out of it. But there's a guy that, uh, God, my freaking camera will not, it will not uh, focus today. Sorry about that, guys. It's focused on the background instead of me. I don't know what, what's going on. There it goes. It focused. Yeah, the injection pump. Hey, Random Nomad, you made it, buddy. Have you been in the room this whole time or not? am I just not seeing you? Yeah, you have been in the room. Gosh. Good to see you, Random Nomad. Yeah, the injection pump. So, you know, like on my five, uh, my 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 Cummings uh, twenty four valve, the injection pump, they need to be switched out. If you use a factory one, about every five to six years or so many thousand miles. I don't remember the mileage, uh, but. I think 50,000 miles on the pump or something like that. But if, so the pump is like a thousand dollars or $1,200 to replace the pump. But now you can do like an upgrade. There's been an upgrade of 
uh, aftermarket pump that you can put on a 24 valve Cummings and it'll get rid of this pump problem. But the thing about it is, is if that pump goes out, uh, it can shred your engine. If, if the, if you don't replace the pump and the pump actually goes out, it can toast your engine. So that's a big major thing. So you can spend $1,200 every five, six years and replace the pump. Now you can get the aftermarket where you shouldn't have to do it for a hundred or 200,000 miles. But, uh, that's the downfall of the 24 valve with the you know the the injection the electronic injection pump because they do they they're it's the weak link like if you know the the 59 the regular 59 with a mechanical pump the dowel pin is the uh, Achilles heel for that engine if you buy one you after you need to go in and replace that dowel pin it's a little i think it's what two dollar part or twenty dollar part for that dowel pin it's just a dowel pin but if that dowel pin comes out and gets into your timing chain and everything it toasts your engine you're gonna have to have a whole new engine uh, but the little pin is tiny it just takes a lot of man hours to get in there but you need to upgrade that pin so if you're looking at buying a 5.9 the first question to ask is the dowel pin been upgraded on this engine because if it hasn't it's going to have to be done and seven wonders of the world uh, he when he bought his step van one of the first things he did is had a diesel mechanic there in Arizona around Quartzsite do his dowel pin uh, so it has to be done because if you don't do that little $20 or that, I don't know how much that dial pin is, maybe 20 bucks. But if you don't do that little $20 part change out and upgrade it to the newer version, it could cost you five grand to replace that engine, to get another engine and do a whole new engine swap. A random nomad, my phone died. No problem, buddy. They are not cheap. Uh, Freedom Dove goes, it cost me almost $400 in gas to go to Idaho and back to Indiana. Most of it was to the Suburberland 235 for Suboverland 124 the Nissan Rogue Rental. What is a Suboverland? Is that your is that your rig, Freedom Dove? Suboverland. I gotta Google this. Suboverland. So anyway, uh, yeah, that was my big deal with a schoolie. Is I just I just never saw myself like a being a schoolie guy. Uh, just not a, oh, it's a car dealer. Oh, you have like a, oh, a, sub, a suburban that's built into a tiny home. Gotcha. Suboverland. Uh, got it. Yeah, I've seen a few of those. Joe P looking at an 8.3 wool. The only real difference is cubic inch of piston, same block, same injection. Yeah, well, the thing about the 8.3 is, is you don't realize, uh, Joel P, that engine, it's a lot different. That engine weighs, I think, I believe an 8.3 weighs 1,600 pounds. It's a big, heavy engine. Uh, but it's got a lot, it's got a lot more power. You get a lot more torque and a lot more power. I think uh, you get 1,200 foot-pounds of torque with an 8.3. And I think you get 400 you do you get 400 horsepower with 1250 pounds of torque with a 8.3 that's a lot different than a 5.9 a lot more power uh, Joe PCs I seen one with less horsepower yeah you you've seen them with less horsepower I, I'm sure well yeah there is because the difference it depends on the pump 
you're you're right about that Joel P. It depends on which pump. If it has a turbo on it, see that was the thing about this uh, bus that I'm looking at, this Wonder Lodge that's been stripped out, that's owned by the diesel mechanic, is because that uh, that 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 bus with the uh, cat engine in it, the 2060, I believe is what it is, uh, 2080 with the 2080 cat engine in it, it's actually a turbo. Uh, and if you don't buy one of those buses uh, and it doesn't have the turbo version, it is a, it is an underpowered, it's so underpowered that, you know, you're going to be doing 30 miles an hour going up a hill, going up a little incline. People are going to be, you're going to be a hindrance on the road because people are going to be trying to get past you at 75 miles an hour and you're going to be doing 25 uh, if you've got it, that cat engine without the turbo. But the one, the bus that I'm looking at that's all stripped out, it's actually the turbo version. But then if the turbo goes out at two or 300,000 miles, it costs you a fortune to replace the turbo. So there's always an upside and a downside. But if you want power to climb a hill at 65 miles an hour, the 30, uh, God, is it 30, 20 uh, with a turbo is the way you want. Because then you can just fly on down the road. I can tell you my 24 valve Cummings and my big snap-on truck. Uh, if I want to pay for the fuel, now you do, you do, uh, like if I drive my snap-on truck at 55, 60 miles an hour, it just sips fuel. If I kick that bitch up to 70, 75 miles an hour, which it'll do it, no problem. You can literally watch the fuel gauge move. Uh, Freedom Dove says they take Suburbans and other vehicles and lift them and put new shocks and coals on them, put other mechanical work that needs done. Yeah, for sure. Especially the four-wheel drive ones. They offer base models, which is what I got, or they build it out for you. Oh, well, that's cool. So you can actually you can actually order uh, the Suburban with the package done, like an Overlander, an Overland Overlander. Uh, Joe P says, I'm not going anywhere fast. I'm already home. Hey, that's the best motto right there. That is the best, best motto. That's what I found about with Bertha. Uh, my gas 440, you know, that thing, I've, I've, I've driven that rig. I'm not lying to you. Uh, I've driven one time I was in Vegas. I was in Las Vegas. I've said this on the podcast in the past. I was in Las Vegas and it was, uh, it was, 12 30 a.m in las vegas and i had a 4 40 a.m call time on a tv show here in california and it was my first uh what show was it i think it was american horror story it was my first day like an american horror story and i was with my girlfriend and we were in vegas no i don't even think i was with my girlfriend at the time but i was in vegas and uh, that's where my ex-girlfriend lives in Vegas. So I might have been visiting her. I can't remember what it was, but I just know that we were out on the strip and I was just having a good time and didn't want to leave Vegas because I was having a good time. But I had to go to work in Los Angeles and I had to be at work at 440, like 448 a.m. And I was still in Las Vegas at 1230 a.m. So I ended up having uh, like just the right amount of time to get to Los Angeles to get to work. And I ran, I'm not kidding you, I ran from Vegas, from Vegas to Los Angeles, doing about 75, 80, 80, 80 75, 85 miles an hour in Bertha. I never have driven Bertha like that. I always drive like 55 or 60 uh, and just gingerly, you know, get her on down the road. You know, it's 
you know, it's like, uh, it's like Joel P said, I got nowhere to go fast cause I'm already home. That's the kind of thing. So I just like take my time and sightsee and look at everything when I'm driving around. But cause I was running late, I was flying and it's crazy that that rig, that motor home will run 75, 80 miles an hour. Like it ain't nothing. Because uh, a lot of the C-Class RVs, I've been in C-Class RVs with a uh, 460 in them and those gas hogs and they're just, they don't have enough power. I mean, you're lucky to get 65 miles an hour top speed out of them. Uh, Joe P says, I had a cowboy conversion suburban for captain's chairs. Yeah, my step, my, uh, my stepmom and my dad, uh, my stepmom used to have one of the old square body Suburbans that was probably like an 80, I don't know, like an 82, 85 square body Suburban. And that thing had a 454 in it. And they used to cry over the gas mileage back in like 80, uh, like 85, 86, 87. Because uh, that thing with a 454 got such poor gas mileage. They didn't want to drive it back then when gas was like 95 cents a gallon because it got such poor gas mileage but the new ones the new ones uh you know they they do a lot better if i had one i wouldn't have a suburb a sub overland i would buy a excursion i'd buy a four-wheel drive diesel ford excursion and build that thing out into an overland vehicle because those things are beasts i had a yukon a gmc yukon and that thing was a piece of I loved it. It was beautiful. I mean, I got it new. It had 23,000 miles on it when I bought it. And it was beautiful truck. But man, that thing let me down. It literally let us down when the first time I took it to the beach, we drove down South Padre Island, me and my whole family. And uh, the water, I mean, the fuel pump with a full, full tank of gas in it, uh, buried four wheel drive. And the first thing that happened is the four wheel drive didn't work. So I got stuck and had to get pulled out by a Toyota. And we drove 10 hours from Dallas down to South Padre to go to the beach uh, in this new truck, this new GMC Yukon that I had. The first thing that w w this, it was the first push button four wheel drive. It, the four wheel drive didn't work. So we got stuck, had to get pulled out by like a Toyota. And then uh, we got on down the beach and uh, got it. We were in deep sand, but we weren't stuck. But then the fuel pump went out on it the overnight. Uh, I had it idling so we could get some air conditioning and the fuel pump went out and uh, it was, my warranty was for like 77,000 miles and the fuel pump went out at 78,000 miles. And that truck sat on the beach for a week while we were in South Padre because we couldn't find a tow company that could go get it. I finally found some guys with a four-wheel drive truck at a gas station walking around South Padre Island. I found these guys and I talked them into going and towing us out and towing us back to town. And then it took them a week to get it fixed. Yeah, it was the 350 motor, but it was the, uh, it was the, it wasn't the regular 350. It was the new, what are they, the Vortec. It was the Vortec, uh, the first Vortec engine. So the engine was good. Uh, it was just a lot of other random problems but now they have like the ls1 and and stuff so they're they're even better engines it wasn't the engine it was just the you know random things that went wrong with that truck but i bought a extended warranty on that truck 
And when I when it was all said and done, the warranty was over three thousand dollars. When I figured it up after the financing, after I financed that truck, and figured out what the warranty actually cost for the extended warranty, and the extended warranty only lasted on that truck to seventy seven thousand miles. And I did have a problem with that truck until about seventy eight thousand, and then it was just one thing after another. Yeah, that seven point three power stroke uh, random nomad is what you can get in that excursion. And that is exactly what I would get is that uh, 7.3 uh, diesel uh, in an excursion and build that thing into a overland vehicle. But what you could actually do would, would be even bigger, would be even better, is uh, buy a 7.3 diesel pickup, like a 20 before the death, like a 2005, 6, 7, maybe 8. 910 diesel for diesel with a 7.3. Don't get the 6.0, get the 7.3 diesel power stroke and then buy a Bigfoot fiberglass camper because a Bigfoot camper is a huge camper. So you could get, you could put a lift on your Ford, get a four door Ford, put a lift on it, put a Bigfoot fiberglass camper in it and you would have an amazing vehicle. I looked at one of these. I almost bought one instead of buying the Snap-on truck. I found one up in Alaska uh, that was it was fifteen hundred dollars more than the Snap-on truck with the pickup and the with the pickup and the camper on it, the Bigfoot camper on it. And those Bigfoot campers, if you look, they're like twenty-two grand just for a camper. And this one had a very nice, very well taken care of, like a maybe an O2 or O3 Bigfoot camper on it. And it was sitting on like a 2004, 2005 Ford uh, diesel pickup. It was still the square body pickup, though. So maybe it was a little older than that. Uh, but it was a, you know, it had like 33 inch tires on it, had a lift on it. It looked amazing. And that would have been a great overland rig. I'd love the overland to be able to go to four wheel drives. You know, if I get into a bus, you know, that's a street queen. You're not going to take that thing. You know, you can get it out there at art. You can get out to RTR and you can get out to Schooley Palooza and these little off grid places that have decent roads to get to. But if you want to go out to Joshua tree and get back into the BLM country, that's not happening. You're going to have to stay close to the road, you know, but that's one of the trade offs, you know, with a forever big home like that. International motor, yeah, the 7.3, that international motor. My dad actually had the 6.8. Was it a 6.8? I believe it was a 6.8 international that came out in the very first, that uh, was actually built by international. It was. It came out in the very first Dodge, I mean, the very first Ford, uh, the very first Ford diesel pickups in 84. My dad bought one. When they very first come out, he went he went right to town and looked at one and bought one. And that truck was 2018, I think it was 189. It came out to $22,000 and 84. And I was in junior high school. I think I was in 7th grade. And I was sitting there when my dad was signing the paperwork on this new truck and I thought he had lost his mind. And it is a six nine, and he was a, and it was a super cab. It wasn't even a four door. If you remember back in those days, in like eighty four, the super cab, where you didn't have four doors, you just had like a a bench seat in the back, so you could put somebody on this little bench seat. But they got through, and you lean the seat up, and you have to crawl back there because there wasn't even hardly any four doors. The only place you saw four doors was like in the oil field. There was a lot of four doors. <clears throat> Man, I am just going on forever today. It is already uh. 
147. I said we're going to take this an hour. I try to keep this podcast uh, short for the rebroadcast because nobody wants to sit here for a two-hour podcast. And then the other thing is, is the audio version that goes up, uh, that goes up on just, uh, you know, Apple and, uh, gosh, what is uh, Apple and uh, what's the other one? Spotify and it goes through all the podcast uh, sites. I don't think anybody wants to listen to a two two hour podcast. I may be wrong though. Who knows? Uh, Joe P says next rig will be an overland. Just me and the wife. You know, I actually saw for sixty thousand dollars. I saw an army truck, uh, the six by six, built out with a huge. Uh, it was a six by six. It was an army truck. It was an army transport or something, but it had the huge box on it with like a, I want to say the box is maybe 18 feet. Uh, and they built it into a tiny home and that thing looks amazing. Uh, but I looked at it and I priced the tires out. The tires are $1,500 a piece. If I had a flat, I couldn't afford to fix it. If I had a blowout, I'd be, I'd be screwed. And the tires, check this out. So the t- there's a hydraulic lift for the spare that's built into the truck that holds the tire up in between the cab and the and the 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 box of the truck, and it's on a hydraulic uh, arm that lifts the spare up and swings it out and sets it on the ground for you because the spare tire weighs almost 500 pounds. But it would be amazing if I, you know, if I, if I was, if money was no option, if I was a rich YouTuber or something like that, wanting to live the tiny home way, I would go with something like that. Like the Overlander rigs are amazing. You're 36, uh, random nomad. You're still a young pup. My birthday is Monday and I'm going to be 51. I didn't even know if I'd ever lived, I'd live to be 51. And my camera just does not want to stay focused today. And I am way out of, uh. I'm way out of center. Uh, Joe Eldorado says, I don't understand half of what you guys are talking about, but I'm enjoying it. Oh, I appreciate that, Joe. We're talking about uh, living uh, living tiny and, you know, like tiny homes and stuff like that. So I will show you guys. Let's, let's jump over here. That's why we have this. It's kind of fun today going a Unimog. Yes, a Unimog. I love those random nomads. But they just don't, the top speed is horrible. But I've seen some of them from Europe the over, that are built into overland vehicles, and they're amazing. Um, let's see. I want to show you guys. Uh, let me bring up a browser here. So I'm going to show you guys the 6x6 six six that I'm talking about. Let's see if I can just say 6x6 six six military. I would show you guys, yeah, so this is exactly, uh, it's, it's, yeah, let's do images. Okay, so here it is right here. It, I mean, this isn't it, but it looks like the one that I saw for sale looks similar to this one. Uh, but the box was a lot bigger and it was, it was actually taller. Let's see if I can find one. But yeah, it was something similar to, to these trucks. Maybe it was this kind of truck. But it had like a big, yeah, it was like this one. This is exactly, it was just exactly like this one. But instead of having this uh, this lift, you know, hall bed on it, it had a big uh, box on it for transport, for two, troop transport. So they took that troop transport box and they built it into a, uh, 
like this one. They built it into a uh, tiny home, like an overland tiny home. But the problem is, is like this. Here we go, like this. So the problem is, is these vehicles, these six by sixes are amazing, but these freaking tires, you're looking at $1,500 and these tires are 500 pounds. So, I mean, you know, so, okay, here's one. So there's an Overland right there. That's a European version. And somebody just took like a Unimog. This is a Unimog body. And somebody took a Unimog and they basically just put a camper on it, which is brilliant. They put like a, like a aluminum camper on a Unimog, which is very smart because then you don't have to build anything out. So see, this is this is kind of you know this is this is another European. The European trucks are a lot. I think they're a lot cooler than what ours are. Oh, here we go, right here. It was like this one. This is the kind of truck that they built out into an Overland. Uh, uh, it, it was basically very close to this one, pretty close to identical. I still think that's a European version. That doesn't look like an American version, but that's actually very close to what they built out to be a uh, Overland truck. But it had it had this front end on it, more of that square old army truck front end. But there's a company that is called Overland, I think. What do they? And there's a couple of them. There's Overland, and there's one that does the Fords. They take like a Ford, big Ford F450 or 650 chassis, and they build a uh, they build a, a a rig off. Let's just do Overland. Overland Expo. Let's see what that is. Yeah, so the Overland Expo has all these Overland vehicles built out. So, so see, you see, here's a Ford like I was talking about, or a Toyota. It's actually a Toyota just with a camper on it with a pop-up. Here's one of the I was talking about. So this is a full-on Overland. Uh, here's another one, the Ford chassis. So see, that's not the bed of the truck. That's actually a fiberglass. Uh, that they actually do. Can't remember what that company is called that does that. Earth Roamer. That's right. They're called Earth Roamers. They take the Ford chassis and they build. And the but the problem is, so here's a, another Earth Roamer. Now I love the way these look. Don't get me. I mean, I don't love the way they look, but I mean they're really cool. But the my biggest problem with this entire setup is this thing right here. If you have it done by Earth Roamer, they're like half a million dollars. I mean, they're three, four, five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars. When you could literally just buy a Ford pickup, a four, you could buy this Ford pickup, uh, that year model Ford pickup, and go buy a Bigfoot camper because a Bigfoot camper basically looks identical to this. It's just not built into you know the bed of the truck. It sets in the bed, uh, but if you look at a Bigfoot camper. Like if you're going to buy a Bigfoot camper, I mean a camper to go in the back of a bed of a truck, there's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of cheap ones, the little tin ones. But if you really want to get a nice camper, it would be a Bigfoot camper. And the and I didn't even know these campers existed until I, uh, I didn't even know that they existed until I found that rig that I was talking about. I found it uh, for sale up in um, up in Alaska, and it looked a lot like this rig right here, but it was on a Ford. 
It was on a Ford Dually. And the Bigfoot camper, what's great about the Bigfoot is this is, uh, I don't, that's not a Bigfoot. The real Bigfoot camper is all fiberglass. It's an all fiberglass shell camper. And the one I was looking at was more rounded. It was very rounded. It didn't look like a, just an old camper like you see. Uh, let's see one. Okay, here we go. So it looked like that. That's exactly what it looked like. That's a Chevy body, four-wheel drive, but that is that is an overland vehicle right there. Now, now, granted, if you buy the campers, those campers aren't cheap. You're looking, like I said, you can get up around twenty grand uh, for a Bigfoot camper, and then you're, you know, how much ever the truck is. So, but that is the same as that, you know, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollar overland vehicle. You know what I mean? For a fraction of the price. Here's another one. So that's a Dodge. So that's probably a Dodge Cummings, uh, 5.9, uh, 6BT Cummings, probably in that truck with a Bigfoot camper on it. Uh, don't know if it's four-wheel drive, but if you put that on a four-wheel drive truck, you've got an overland vehicle right there uh, with a great engine with a lot of torque that's going to get good fuel mileage at a fraction of what a, a freaking, uh, you know, that... that uh, uh, Earth Roamer, the other one, the Ford is going to cost you. Okay, guys, it's uh, we're heading two hours here. I haven't done a two-hour podcast in, gosh, over a year. Uh, but we are going to have to get off here. I enjoyed all my new toys here. It's fun to be able to. Uh, it's actually fun to be able to uh, go back and forth and actually show you guys what I'm talking about instead of talking and trying to explain it. Uh, Joe P said, he said he was traveling the world and taking a break. Who was that? Said he was, who said, I missed that guys. Traveling the world and taking a break. Uh, Freedom Dove says, Terry and Scott, man, my camera, there he goes. Terry and Scott from Open Road, Destination Open Road have a Lance camper. It's nice. They're moving on to the fifth wheel now though. Looking for more room. You know, I've actually been in that camper, Freedom Dove. I know Scott and Terry. Uh, spent thanks Thanksgiving with them in uh, Parker, Arizona. Not this year, but last year. Uh, it was me and uh, Scott and Terry and, uh, gosh, who else was there? Uh, Pandemonium was there. Uh the Van Life Sheldons were there. There was literally 22 of us in our party, and we were at the casino in Parker last year, last Thanksgiving, which was actually very nice because uh, we were all out there for, like, the RTR and the van build kind of stuff and met at the casino. And this year, I just spent Thanksgiving by myself being a single guy. A guy with a six, oh, the guy with the six-by-six six earth roamer, yeah. Those earth roamers are amazing, but I, you know, it's a, it's it, it it comes down to your bank account. I mean, those you know, uh, if you look at a breakdown or, you know, just uh, you know, like even with my Snap-on truck, like I've got to find the window pane to fix that freaking that they busted out. I've got to find the you know the, I have to find the window glass. Now I want to ask you guys really quick before we end this, uh, Joel P. Uh, uh, Random Nomad, what I'm actually looking at and. Tell me if I'm crazy. Instead of putting a piece of glass back in there that somebody can just break out again, I'm actually thinking about putting a plexiglass 
used 250 yeah used this 250k which is crazy I'm actually thinking about putting plexiglass but it's it's not the plexiglass it's the other one there's two different plexi or two different plastic glasses they use one is plexiglass which actually cracks and breaks and then the other one is like a it's called Palm or, or I can't remember what it's called, but you can actually bend it, but it's more scratch. It scratches easier and I actually uh, save some on my eBay account here. So look at this. So I'm looking at uh, selling Bertha and I'm thinking about putting the Bertha on eBay because look, here's basically a B class that's the same as Bertha and it's listed at $14,700. Oh, you can't guys can't see. I got to go to my screen. Sorry. Uh, let's see. Let me go to this one. There we go. So, yeah. So, uh, this is not working. I pulled up a, let me go. I pulled up the uh, wrong browser there. Got mixed up. I forget if I don't pull it up. If I pull it up on the screen in front of me, you guys can't see it. My bad. Uh, let's go to... But this browser doesn't have my eBay on it. And I don't think I'm signed in with my eBay on this browser. Yeah, I'm not. Oh, well. No biggie. Yeah. I'm not going to put in all that stuff. Anyway, so uh, I'm thinking about just putting Bertha on eBay. What do you guys think about that? Because I can... Uh, I'm, I'm seeing like uh vehicles on there that are not near as good a shape as Bertha the same year close to the same year model for like 145 and I'm wanting 105 for Bertha uh, <clears throat> let's see no you can't bend Lexon too much well there's Lexon is what they use a lot of time in airplane these do-it-yourself airplane builds and they do bend it I actually there's a YouTube video of a guy taking a uh, a, uh, a sheet metal bender and bending a piece of Lexon with a sheet metal builder bender but it's uh the poly carbonate carbonate or whatever there's two plexiglasses so when you think of old school plexiglass it's like the polycarbonate or whatever and you can't bend it you go to bend it and it just shatters uh lexon does have some give joe p you can get lexon warm and it will bend with and a sled hmm I'll have to look into that because uh, I looked into it and it was a two different. Uh, I actually watched. Uh, I actually watched a YouTube um, channel or YouTube couple of YouTube videos where these guys that build the home built aircraft that they were talking about which one is easier to use for uh, aircraft and like uh, the windshield or the door. And Lexon has some give, so it doesn't it doesn't shatter like the polycarbonate uh, the regular plexiglass. So I'm thinking of just ordering, uh, but I'm going to get like a tinted version and just replace that window with uh, with a tinted version. And I've been looking at videos on YouTube because my window doesn't have like the riveted end step vans. Like every video I've ever seen on YouTube that shows the window replacement, they have to drill the rivets out. Mine doesn't have the rivets. It's just got the... You know, it's like a back window glass for like a 67 or 68 Chevy. It's just got the seal around it. 
So there's no screws or anything. So from what I understand, there's a lip and you have to pry, take it like a piece of plastic like you'd use for drywall. And you have to pry that, that seal out to let it get it over the groove. And then you just pull the window out from what I understand. So the window's already broke, but I'd like to try to keep the window uh, in, in a piece because it's just the middle of the window that's gone. The, the shell of the window is still there. So I'd like to be able to take it all out in one piece if I can get it out without shattering the rest of it. So I can use the old window as a template around my piece of uh, Lexon. And then just take a jigsaw and cut out the Lexon because you can evidently cut, uh, you can cut Lexon with a jigsaw to where if it's regular polycarbonate you need like some special tool because you can even if you drill it you can crack it and it's a lot more timid and you know to work with uh it's not supposed to be approved really for road use but my whole thing is is they use lexon plastic and polycarbonate to make the windshields on motorcycles so like what's the difference it's just a side window and a snap-on truck and it would be a lot harder for them to bust it out or knock it out. And even if they do, it's just a piece of plastic. You just grab, buy another one and throw it in there. Uh, make sure you set a reserve of 10.5. Oh, for the, yeah, Random Nomad, for Bertha. Yep. Uh, Joe P., we made a curved sled with Lexon. Nice. So, yeah, that's, I think, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, instead of, because I could, you know, I've looked and, you know, the windows aren't crazy, crazy expensive, I believe, through uh, Mill Supply, which is the bread tr truckers, uh, Mill Supply is the bread truckers sponsor. Uh, and I, and they have a lot of windows and I think I could actually get the actual window from Mill Supply, but then I would have to take the window and get it tinted and all of that stuff when I think I can actually just buy a piece of Lex a Lexon sheet uh, and use a template, cut it out myself and install it in the truck and it will come tinted. I won't have to worry about doing anything like that. So I think that's what I'm going to do. And then I'll have a plastic window if somebody tries, because that's the window everybody tries to break out is the door window. Okay, guys. Gosh, I'm over two hours. I do appreciate it, guys. Uh, it's going to be, it's my birthday birthday show my birthday's monday so what the heck we'll say this is the birthday show uh, hopefully i'll have a guest on monday though we'll see i don't have any commitments but i talked to the bread trucker and he said possibly uh so anyway that's gonna do it guys for uh this episode of the american nomad vodcast uh you be sure you Remember, you can uh, catch this on just the audio version. If you don't want to watch the whole video, you can just listen to the audio version uh, on uh, the Apple iTunes store, uh, the podcast uh, on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or Spotify or any of the podcast. Thank you, Joe P. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, Freedom Dove. Thank you guys so much. The one last thing I wanted to mention really quick is not to be a downer. I keep forgetting, I've kept forgot to say this. So, uh, on, uh, Monday, my truck got broken into, was it Monday? I don't remember what day it was. No, it was Wednesday. I think my truck got broken into two nights ago. My truck got broken into and, uh, the, the, the step van got broken into, they busted the windshield, got out window out and got into it, stole a bunch of stuff. They even stole my freaking, uh, 
my overnight bag with my sh- my razors and stuff in it, which is crazy. And some of my clothes. I know it had to have been a homeless person. Uh, they stole, I had a whole basket full of clean clothes. They emptied the basket out and put my clothes, some of my clothes in there, my overnight bag that I'd taken out to my friends because I stayed the night there with my shaving kit and everything in it. Uh, they sold some of my clothes. They stole uh, my big case with my lights in it, and they also stole my Xbox. But what I was going to say is it's so crazy because in like 2010 or 2011, uh, I was in downtown LA with Bertha and I did a Christmas uh, shoot down there for like a company corporate party. And they stole my very nice mountain bike off of the back of Bertha when I'd been in Las Vegas. I'd been all over the country with my mountain bike locked on the back of Bertha and they stole that bicycle the exact same day. Uh, like four years ago, five years ago, uh, when I was in downtown LA, because it popped up the very next morning or, you know, or the, that night, it had popped up in my Facebook uh, memories. And I was looking at that bicycle. It shows it because I was showing that I was in downtown LA going to do the shoot. And I took a picture of Bertha with a bicycle on the back. And then the next morning we woke up and the bicycle was gone. And it was a bicycle that was, a, it was like, couldn't be replaced. Couldn't get another one. They quit making it. It was a really cool, cool bicycle, mountain bike, which I ended up getting an electric bike anyway, so it's no big deal. Anyway, guys, have a great weekend, and hopefully uh, everything goes right. We will see you guys back here Monday, and that is going to do it for this episode of The American Nomad. Have a great weekend, guys. Safe, peace, chicken grease. Thank you for listening to the American Nomad Podcast. Until next time, keep looking up because that's where it all is.